let's talk um let's talk scooters shall we have you ever been to an american city you ever uh, been to one of the cities that that have these shareable e-scooters i uh, you can see how they can be an absolute uh they can be a problem in terms of the way they get littered around. I, I noticed that when I when I was in Oakland covering the uh, Raptors championship run, for example, I, I noticed they're just sort of everywhere. But other cities have managed to be able to use them, you know, uh, in a way that is uh, beneficial to both tourists and to, to actually to, to residents who can get around. So uh, right now what's happened is the city council, or rather the city committee in the city of Toronto, has voted to uphold Toronto's ban on e-scooters. You're not actually even supposed to own one personally, let alone the, the sharing version. Uh, but this will set up a final decision on the vehicles at council next month. So it's not a done deal yet, but the city committee that's looking at it has voted to uphold the ban. To talk more about it, I'm pleased to welcome to the program Jonathan Hopkins, who is the Director of Strategic Development and Government Relations for Lime Canada, which operates, I believe, in Edmonton. Jonathan, do you do have currently scooters in Edmonton? Good afternoon. Yes, we have scooters in Edmonton right now. And last year, we're in Calgary and Ottawa. And, uh, and we're also on were, the ground in Kelowna, B.C. Those, those were pilot projects. How, how did they go? Did they, did they get extended? Uh, they have been extended. Edmonton's is going into its third year. Calgary voted to make theirs permanent. Ottawa voted to expand their pilot to a second year. And then Kelowna's has been ongoing for a couple of years, but it's expanded to serve the entire city. Okay, so what do you think the roadblock is then in the city of Toronto? Uh, fundamentally, there's an opportunity to make our streets safer with e-scooters. Um, about you know nearly half of e-scooter trips, 41%, are replacing a car trip. And so I think one of our goals that is yet to be realized is to find the right way to make both our streets safer and our sidewalks safer. Uh, in other communities, we've been able to work with um, the accessibility community and disability advocates to make sure sidewalks are clear and to come up with a solution that does that, gets people out of their cars and helps people access businesses downtown and elsewhere. Um, so that's really what needs to happen in Toronto to be successful here. Um, but we just haven't gotten there yet. So at this committee, there were a number of deputations uh, of people who were worried, as you mentioned, about the accessibility issues and in scooters being left on sidewalks. And then, you know, if you're on a, uh, if you use a wheelchair, you can't get by. What what would your solution to the sort of littering of scooters around the city? What would your solution to that be? So a key part of this is actually having scooters operate like bikes that they are locked up at the end of every trip so that they don't fall down or topple over. Um, and some cities, something we'd recommend for Toronto where there's tight sidewalks is you can actually put some of this bike parking and scooter parking on the street so that scooters never touch the sidewalk. And when you put in bike parking infrastructure that um, happens to be on the street instead of a sidewalk, you actually make more parking infrastructure for bikes as well. Chicago did this, and they found uh, an 80% reduction in complaints about parking. They found, we found that 99% of the scooters get parked um, appropriately. San Francisco was giving out parking citations, and once they implemented Lock 2, um, their citations went to nearly zero. What we saw is staff didn't really want to explore this very closely. Nobody's taken a look in Toronto to see how can we actually uh, give people alternatives to car use and give them more access to local businesses in a way that's safe and does not, you know, uh, harm, you know, access for people with disabilities or the elderly? There was never the question of how. It was really just an up and down question. So no, no embrace of trying to do something innovative. 
while at the same time, they're happy to spend about $111 million on congestion reduction. This congestion, redu congestion reduction is free. It just requires partnership and innovation. And we just haven't seen that yet. So you're saying that the city council just is not being uh, open-minded enough to the potential solutions to the problems that have been raised? I think the city council has actually been fairly open-minded. I think that um, the work behind the scenes uh, hasn't been there to show a pathway to do this well that supports both people who want more mobility options and then people with disabilities who don't want more demands on the sidewalk. Really what we heard at council was a lot of frustration and, and fury, frankly, from um, the people with disabilities at the current state of sidewalks in Toronto. And so I think we're seeing a lot of blowback from a bad situation on sidewalks and the fact that they're not getting any better. And so fear that any change will actually make things worse. What we really want to do is work together with um, the accessibility community and business districts to see, okay, how can we use this new tool to make sidewalk access better? How can we use this tool to make cities safer? But it requires working together and being willing to innovate and try new things. We found from our polling from Nanos that 98% of the people that oppose e-scooters oppose any new non-car mobility options. Mm. So that, I mean, you know, um, Barbara Gray and others have said, like, as we're coming out of COVID, we see congestion is coming back. You hear it in your traffic reports. But a lot of people aren't even going into the office yet. So what's it going to be like when people actually are? It's going to be really bad. She said, Barbara Gray said, we need non-car mobility options to augment this. This is actually that, and it happens to come for free. The cost is we have to work together and just to be willing to innovate, to pilot things and tweak it when it doesn't work. Our solution would be lock two, so it's locked up, doesn't fall down, and in tight circumstances where we need to keep sidewalks more free, put more parking on the street so it's not on the sidewalk because you also get the bicycles off the sidewalk then. This is actually a tool that can be a win-win for everybody if people are willing to work, work together as opposed to name-calling or saying, you know, uh, chastising any mode as, you know, terrible. Um, it's, it's really about giving people options that are safer for the community. Jonathan, thank you. We'll have to leave it there. I appreciate you taking some time to come on today. Thank you. It was great talking to you, Alan. That is Jonathan Hopkins, who is Director of Strategic Development and Government Relations for Lime Canada, which is an e-scooter company, which is hoping that City Council uh, will not do what it appears that it will do, which is to vote to uphold the ban on e-scooters in the city of Toronto. This does seem that just saying no outright to this doesn't seem like the solution. And I, it, sometimes I think we just in the city of Toronto, and we get our hands on our hips and we're like, no, and that's that. And I think we could really, really revisit this. I think that we need him here. I really do. I, I, I think we can find the solutions. I, th I. That's my feeling on it.